Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc slash soap. Alright, good morning, good morning, Fusion Church. Alright, Freedom Friday, come on. I know some of you guys are going like, praise the Lord, it's Friday. I'm ready for the weekend. <laughs> we are in 2 Samuel 4 this morning. Let us begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I praise you and we thank you this morning for waking us up, Father God, for bringing us into a new day, O oh Lord God. And I thank you for your word. I pray, Father, that you will speak to us, that it be you and not us, Father God. And I thank you for everyone who is watching and listening, Father. And I pray that you would just touch them this morning. And again, I just praise you and give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, all right. My lovely Sandra will be reading. Okay, good morning. So I am in the NIV version. Uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Second uh, Samuel chapter four, starting with verse one here, it says, when Ish Bosheth, son of Saul, heard that Abner had died in Hebron, he lost courage and all Israel became alarmed. Now Saul's son had two men who were leaders of braiding bands, one named Bana and the other Rakab. They were sons of Ramon, the Berothite from the tribe of Benjamin. Baroth is considered part of Benjamin because the people of Baroth fled to Gitam and have lived there as aliens to this day. Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. His nurse picked him up and fled, but as she hurried to leave, he fell and became crippled. His name was Methabosheth. Now Rechab and Banah, the sons of Ramon, the Berethite, set out for the house of Ish-bosheth, and they arrived there in the heat of the day while he was taking his noonday rest. They went into the inner part of the house as if to get some wheat, and they stabbed him in the stomach. Then Rechab and his brother Banah slipped away. They had gone into the house while he was laying in the bed in his bedroom. After they stabbed and killed him, they cut off his head, taking it with them. They traveled all night by way of the Arba. Arba. They, they brought the head of Ish, Bosheth to David at Hebron and said to the king, Here is the head of Ishbosheth, son of Saul, your enemy, who tried to take your life. This day the Lord has avenged my Lord, the king, against Saul and his offspring. David answered Rechab and his brother Banah, the sons of Ramon and Berthite, As surely as the Lord lives, 
who has delivered me out of all trouble. When a man told me Saul is dead and thought he was bringing good news, I seized him and put him to death in Ziklag. That was the reward I gave him for his news. How much more when wicked men have killed an innocent man in his own house and on his own bed, should I not now demand his blood from your hand and rid the earth of you? So David gave an order to his men and they killed them. They cut off their hands and feet and hung the bodies by the pool of Hebron. But they took the head of Ishbosheth and buried it in Abner's tomb at Hebron. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sandra. Wow. Wow. Look, look, look this thing, this, this little uh, chapter right here only has 12 little verses, 12 little verses, but it has so much uh, information. It, it has information here about, about Ishboseth, uh, Saul's uh, son. It talks about two uh, brothers, and then he also talks about uh, at the Jonathan's son, so it has like like I broke it down like in three little little areas. But let, let let us begin with the beginning that it says that when son, when Saul's son heard that Abner had died in Hebron, he lost heart and all of Israel was troubled. Uh, so with all the stuff that was going on, you know, and and Saul died and and, and all that, you know, and so here is one of his other sons, uh, uh, Is Is you know, uh, when he heard this information about Abner, now Abner, you know, was one of his strongest generals. He was one of his strongest men, you know, so he probably looked up to him, you know, that he had his back. And here he's hearing, you know, that now he was dead. So fear came into him. And this just took me, you know, uh, to, to the point of, of what do we do when we get bad news? How do we handle bad news? Because in the, here he the, he received this news and he says that his heart was troubled and all Israel was troubled. So this for him this was this was a horrible situation, you know. So you know, and we cannot allow you know when we have this the the bad information comes through that we cannot allow fear to take hold of us because fear will cause us to do the wrong thing. Fear will cause us to react in a certain way. You know, so here he was, you know, he was he was heartbroken, first of all, for his brother, but second of all, because he lost one of his generals, you know, one of his strong generals. And he jumps right into chapter two, where he talks about in chapter two and three, which talks about uh, at the South Sun had two men, you know, who were captains of the troop. They were the leaders of the troop. They were brothers in verses one and two. Uh, and and they and they come from their, their father. You know, was uh, Roman from Berotites, you know, and they were also children of the tribe of Benjamin. So it gives you this information about the captains of the troops, you know, that they were the leaders of the troop. And then from here, it just jumps right into Jonathan. <laughs> in verse four, I mean, in verse four, it goes right into Jonathan. It looks like, like it goes like from one point to another point. But but this, this particular uh, verse, uh, it's it's so it's powerful. It's, it's it says that Jonathan Jonathan at the south son had a son who was lame in his feet. So automatically it starts to describe who this individual is, but it starts to describe him because of what he dealt with, you know. And he dealt with he had lame in his feet, 
and he was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came, you know, that his nurse took him and fled. So she she heard the news, you know, she was taking care of this little guy, you know, and 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 to protect them, she took off running and with haste, you know, to flee, you know, at that she dropped the baby. She dropped the baby and the baby hurt his feet. And then he goes into and say, and his name was uh Mephi Boshef. All these odd names, you know, <laughs> hard to pronounce, you know. But this whole thing, you know, uh, it speaks about lame and his feet. You know, so the Bible, the Bible has sometimes it, it, it characterized people by what they were dealing with. It talks about people by what they were dealing with, not by their name. So if we hear he starts with the Jonathan's son, he was lame at his feet. But also, you know, in Matthew 9, 1 through 8, he talks about the, the paraplegic man. He told, and you know that he was he wanted healing. He also talks about in, in John uh, 5, 1, 8, it was the, the lame man by the pool. So the lame, so the description of who you know these individuals were by what they, they, they were dealing with, you know, and then of course uh Jonathan's son lame at his feet, you know, and sometimes you know we may be called something because of what we did. We may be known for because of our past. We may be, be known because of what has happened, you know. And and I just want to, you know, it's a thank God that that you know we've been set free from all that through Jesus Christ, you know. And even though it talks about Jonathan's son, and it talks about in Justice this little particular verse about that he was lame on his feet and what happened to him, you know, a beautiful thing happens. Later on in the story, which you guys will eventually get to, you know, that that he, you know, that he at the end, he was blessed. He was blessed that he even ate from the king's table. And that's found in Second Samuel 9, 1 through 10. And, and the beautiful thing is that they gave him they gave him a whole entire chapter nine to speak about him and what happened to him and what David did for him. So. Just because we may have a hard uh, beginning, a difficult beginning, that does not signify who we're going to be later on. That doesn't mean that that we're going to be failures, that we're not going to make it. Because, you know, here we see here we see that how this little that this little guy who was dropped when he was a little baby was known by by being called lame at his feet at the end. You know, at the end, you know, he was eating with the king. And that's something he was eating with the king. So from there, then it goes, it tells us, it tells us, you know, for me, what I got out of this is, is that no matter what we're dealing with, that, uh, that does not define who you are. That does not define who you are. You know, you are called to be a child of God. That's found in Galatians uh, 3.26. You also say you are sons of God in Galatians 4.7. I just want to uplift you guys, you know, because you're not, you're not who the people say you are. You are a child of God, a son and a daughter of God. You know, and it says in, in Isaiah 44, 3, I will bless your descendants. So our children will be blessed. You know, that's who we are. You know, that's who we are. And and, and we have to see ourselves that way, not the way the world sees us. And from here, it, it jumps into verse 5, and it, and it goes right into the, the these two, two, two brothers, you know. And it says that they... That they they came into into 
the place where Ishobesh was was laying in, in uh, verse number five, that he was laying on his bed. And it says there that, that this individual, verse six, it says, and they came there all the way into the house. Now, who the heck comes into all the way into your house without being invited? Come on now. Are you going to let anybody in your house not being invited? But this individual, it says that they came all the way into the house as they were going to get wheat, you know. And it says, and they stabbed him in the stomach, you know, they did. and the, the, these brothers. And in verse 7, it says, and when they came into the house, he was laying on his bed, you know, laying on his bed in the bedroom, you know, and they struck him and killed him. And they beheaded him. And they took his head and, and, and were all night escaping through the plains. So in other words, they got into the house. They were allowed to go in there. These two brothers were able to do this. Why? Because they were trusted officials. You know, they were they were the head of the troops, the captain of the troops. So, you know, so they had a title. So for probably the people around them, you know, when they saw them going in, they didn't think nothing of it. It was it was it was OK, you know, because of, of their title. And it talks about them back in verse two, you know, and they beheaded. Uh, Ishbosheth, because they wanted proof of his death for David. So this was going to be their proof. And they're doing all this stuff. You know, they hope that they might receive a reward for killing Saul's son. You know, this is their intent. This is their intent. And it says there in verse 8, look, it and they brought the head of Ishbosheth to David in Harem and said to the king, said to the king, here is the head. Of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, your enemy. Look how they how they're making emphasis here. They're making emphasis so that way they can receive something. So we kill we kill him for you. Is in other words, who sought your life? So they were saying that this individual wanted to kill you, you know. And the Lord has avenged my Lord. So the Lord has avenged. See how they. People think sometimes they just they they say all these beautiful things just to try to get in the good side of David, just try to gain something. The king of the day of Saul and his descendants. So they said all this. These two brothers, you know, they tried, they tried to credit God for their murder. That's what they were doing. Because the Lord, you know, they brought the Lord's name into the into the picture. The Lord has avenged. You know, the Lord has eventually they bring they try to credit God with their murder. You know, this is taking the law into your own hands. They were there, they they were just trying to gain something, they were trying to gain an award, you know. But David never said that this is what he wanted. You see, they just assume that this is what David wanted. They just felt like, you know, let's just do this because we want to get on David's good side, you know. It, so they were doing all this stuff, you know, and, 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 and the word of God tells us, you know, don't promote yourself. And that's what they were doing. They were promoting themselves. They were setting themselves up here and trying to say, look what, look what we did for you, David. Look what we did for you. We, we got your enemy. We got your enemy for you. You know, the Lord has avenged you today. You know, all, the, all this time they're promoting themselves, you know. So in, in Proverbs 25, 6 and 7, it says, it says, don't promote yourself. You know, don't try to build yourself up. It says, 
and the Lord promotes. That's also found in 2 Corinthians 10, 18. You know, don't praise yourself. That's also found in Proverbs 27, 2 through 12. So, you know, scripture gives us direction of things that we shouldn't do, that we shouldn't do. But these brothers, this is what they they thought. This is what they felt. This is what they wanted to do, you know, to, to gain something from David. But look what David says. Look what David said and in verse 9. And David answered them and said, and said to them, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from all adversity. And in verse 10, when someone told me to look, Saul is dead, thinking to have brought good news, I arrested him. I had him executed in Ziklag. The one who thought I will give him a reward for his news. Look at that. That was uh, David's reply. I'm sure that by this time, these two brothers will probably be like taking a deep breath, probably swallowing their saliva in their mouth because they wouldn't know what was going to happen next. And he says in verse 11, how much more when wicked men have killed wicked men, look at David's calling them, have killed a righteous person in his own house on his bed. You know, because pretty much they went in there quietly. They went in there quietly because they had this thought of what they wanted to do. Therefore, shall I now require his blood at your hands and remove you from the earth? I bet you by this time their legs were shaking. By this time, they say, uh-oh, I think we blew it. I think we messed up. You know, we should have left this alone, but too late. You made a decision. You made a decision to, to do this, you know, and look what happens. Look what happens. So David commanded his young men, and they executed them, cut off their hands and feet, and hung them by the pool of Haram. But they took the head of Ishbosheth. And buried it in the tomb of Abner. You know, so here, here they, 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 look what they did. It says that they cut off their hands. You know, they cut off their hands because they committed their murder. Those were the hands that committed the murder. They cut off their feet. Why? Because they had run to bring this news to David. Those feet were used to run, to give David the news. And David didn't want that news. David didn't want to even kill this individual. But these guys thought he wanted it, you know. And the head of Ishbosheth was placed, placed in Abner's tomb. In other, words, in other words, uniting him back to his family. In other words, for bringing closure for his death, bringing on to bring honor to him. So, you know, these individuals here thought they were doing something great. They assumed this is what David wanted. But David at no time wanted this to occur. David's heart was always for the will of God to be done. David, you know, always said, I will not lift my hand against the anointed of God. And that was Saul, you know. So David didn't even want to touch Saul. You know, even when he had the opportunities to, to kill him, even in the opportunity that he had one time in, in prior verses that he, he was in a cave and Saul went in. And Dave was in the back of that cave, and David could have killed him, 
But David always says, I will not touch the anointed. But this individual, these two brothers, you know, they got together, you know, they brought out, they got with this plan, and this was the deed that they performed. There was the deed that they performed. I believe that if they would just would have uh, arrested him and brought him to David, that probably would have been different because they didn't, they didn't kill them. But David never asked for this. And these individuals did this. So therefore, you know, we need to be careful how we process things. We need to be careful how we think about things. We need to be careful that we don't get worked up by situations that come our way and try to come up with an answer to, you know, how to fix it. Sometimes we just need to pull back and sometimes we just need to seek the Lord and we just need to go before him, you know, because our decision-making can affect our future. You make bad investments, you make quick investments. Uh, how many of you guys have been to the dealership to get a car? Come on. You go to the dealership and you say, I want to be in and out, you know, a half hour, an hour tops, you know what I mean? What do you have? And everybody wants to give you a whole bunch of information and they try to push on you, push on you. Well, we got a deal for you today. You got to do this today. You got to sign this today. We got you, we got your low, low, low points on this thing, you know, and we can give this deal today. It's the only one that we have. And yada, 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 yada. By the time they finish, they, they convince you, you know, and pretty much you're going to say, where do I sign? And then once you do all that, then all of a sudden you realize, man, that's a high payment. I cannot afford that, you know, because they like to do a lot of talking. And sometimes in situations like that, we need to pull away and we need to say, no, I need to think about this. I need to think about this. And that goes with anything, anything that we do. We need to make sure that that we seek the Lord in all this, even the things that we don't understand. You know, in life today, so much is going on around us, so much uh, trouble all over the place. I mean, you hear about the Hawaii and the fires in Hawaii and the lives that were lost. You hear about the earthquakes. You hear you hear about the floods. You hear all this negative news all around you, you know, and where our country is heading to. But you know what? We have one constant thing, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And we always have to turn to him and seek him. And as we turn to him and seek him, he will tell us what to do. He will tell us, you know, how to handle different situations. Look, you know, the, what can we learn from this particular 12 verses of chapter uh, 4? You know, you know, and I, and I put this here, lesson from, from 2 Samuel 4. It's, uh, and I put down, if we are not faithful in keeping the word of God, we can make mistakes that will greatly alter the course of our lives and bring harmful consequences upon ourselves and others. Again, I'm just going to say that one more time. If we are not faithful in keeping the word of God, we can make mistakes that will greatly alter the course of our lives and bring harmful consequences upon ourselves and others. In other words, we need to make sure that we seek the Father, that we seek his word, that we seek his counsel, that we, you know, we go to him before we make big decisions, you know, before you make a, a decision that, you know, it might not work out for you. 
because he will show us the way. He will give you peace to do certain things. He will give you peace to, you know, to go into that business deal, or he will just tell you it's not for you, you know, and we have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Come on, that's that inner voice that tells you, don't do that. Come on, don't do that. When your heart is going a mile an hour, you know, and you feel that thing in your throat, and you feel like uneasiness, guess what? I don't believe that's of God. I believe those are just warning signs because our God will give us peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace to go forward in this situation. Peace to to go in that direction. But when when there's no peace, there's no peace, I don't think the Lord's in it. Because he is peace. He is our peace. He is our peace. So we need to seek him. We need to seek him and not do as these individuals have done here. And again, and I'm just going to emphasize again, again, about Jonathan's son, you know, who was lame. Jonathan's son, you know, because when I mean, you get to, to uh, chapter nine, you see that David wanted to bless somebody from Saul's family. You know, somebody, you know, and he's and he and he sought him out. And 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 again, the whole chapter nine, it's all about this young man, you know, that was lame on his feet and how God brought him for being poor to be at the king's table. You know, so we have to understand that no matter where we are today. If you don't, if you feel that you're not where you need to be, if you feel that, oh man, I, this has been going on for a long time. I don't know when it's going to end. I don't know how, what this is. the answer is. Trust in the Lord. Lead not into your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He will give you peace. Come on. Not all, all of us have been praying for something. And I'll raise my hand. I'll raise both hands. We're all praying for something. We all need something. We're all going through something. You know, our family is going through something. But the word of God says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The word of God says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. The word of God says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The word of God says the joy of the Lord is my strength. We receive strength when we go, we walk into the joy of the Lord. And what is the joy of the Lord? Just give him praise. You start praising God, guess what? You're going to have some joy. You start praising God, you're going to have, you're going to start lifting up your hands. And that's a sign that you're releasing what you're carrying. You will not create it to carry all the burdens that you're, that you're carrying today. You were not created for that. But the word of God says that he does not give you anything that you cannot handle. So whatever it is that you're going through today, you can do this. Come on. You can do this. You can go through the storm, you know, because we all go through storms. Come on. And I raise my hand, been through the storm, going through a storm, you know, but greater is he that is with me. Because it says, as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as you walk through, you're not staying there. It's only for a season, but we got to trust God that he is in control and he's making our way for us. So let's learn by this little chapter, a, a crazy little chapter, I call it, you know, of the, uh, uh, to make right choices, right decisions before the Lord, you know, to trust him, to trust the Lord at all times. 
And whatever decision you got to make, surrender it to him and ask him to guide you, to help you. And guess what? He will. He opens doors where there's no doors. He makes ways in the desert when there's no way in the desert. And he will make a way for you. He will make a way for me. For greater is he that's already in you than he that is in the world. I pray you got something out of this little chapter this with it, um, on Friday morning. You know, the best is yet to come. God is working. I don't know about you, man. Connect Group started this week. People have been busy. Everybody's getting connected and all that kind of stuff. You know, meeting new people in the group. I said, like, wow, praise the Lord for that. So God is working it out. God is working with us. So, you know, stay focused. Stay connected. You know, you cannot be an island by yourself. We need each other. We need each other. So please, please reach out to others. If you're in need, reach out, you know. And, and I, I know that every time I put something out there and I say, please pray for this. I know you guys are praying. I hear your prayers. You know, if it wasn't for your prayers and the prayers of the family, I would have lost it a long time. Ago. Just because you see a cool guy here in the morning on Friday morning saying that it's Freedom Friday. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean that I'm not going through stuff. I'm going through stuff daily. But greater is he. Greater is he that is in me. Yes. You will have situations that sometimes, you know, <gasps> take your breath away. But breathe in again, breathe out again. God is in control. God is in control. God is in control. Control. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He has not abandoned you. Actually, he is closer to you than what you think. Sometimes, you know, we're going like, Lord, I'm sinking. And the Lord said, well, you're going to sink to. I got you in the palm of my hand. I hold you in the palm of my hand. You ain't going nowhere. And that's what the Lord is telling us today. You ain't going nowhere. I got you. Just like you see my hand. I got you. That's what the Lord is saying. I hold you. And nobody can take you from me. And I caress you. And I have you in the palm of my hand, the Lord will say, because I'm looking at you. And I'm seeing, oh, look at that beautiful. Look how beautiful you are. Look how beautiful you are, the Lord is telling you this morning. And I love you. That's what the Lord, that's what, that's what Papa Jesus is saying. You know, I call him Papa. You know, you got to get, you, you got to get personal with the Lord. You got, you got to just worship him. You got to love him. Why? Because he loves you. Before you loved him, he loved you. And he gave everything up for you so that today you can have the victory. So my brothers and sisters, I pray that you will have a blessed weekend. You know, get ready for Sunday. You know, get ready, you know, do what you got to do. You know, you guys there at EHT, you know, you got to get ready. You're going to you're gonna have at the work uh, Saturday, I hear. You know, go do the best you can. I'm going to be over here doing my thing in Cumberland County, you know. But God is on the move. So get ready, get ready for the best is yet to come. Let us pray. Father God, I just praise you and thank you and thank you and thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your favor, your love, your peace, your joy, your strength, your deliverance, your comfort. Thank you, Father God, that you are so good, my Lord. And I can never praise you enough. I can never worship you enough. I can never exalt your name enough, Father, because you deserve that and more. I pray that you will be with my brothers and my sisters, that you will just meet their needs according to your riches and glory. I pray, Father, there's a sickness, Father. I, I, I curse the sickness, send it back to the pit of hell where it came from, Father, and I speak life, and I speak healing, and I speak deliverance. I speak peace and joy upon them, Father. 
I pray for the children, Father, who don't know you, that you will bring them home, that you will bring them home, Father God. And I pray, oh Lord God, that you will make a way. Pray for our leaders and our pastors, Father. Be with them, keep them, strengthen them, Father God, as they try to guide us along the way. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. In Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. All right, all right, all right. All right, Freedom Friday. Start enjoying your day. Stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. And again, it's my pleasure being with you this morning. Have a good weekend.